0: Welcome to The Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, a.k.a. Kevin O'Climber. Kevin! Verna, what up? How you doing this morning? Everything's good. So it has been a slow time for NBA news, mm. but there are certainly things that have happened since we last spoke, uh, not the least of which is something that deserves an immense amount of attention. And that was... LeBron James opening up a school yesterday, a legitimate school, which seeing the pictures of it, my goodness, it's nicer than my school. That's for sure. There's um, a lot of money, a lot of effort that has gone into it. And reading the press release yesterday, I mean, I was just, I couldn't have been more impressed. And for a guy that, you know, sometimes he is blamed. For putting together a super team in Miami and now all these great players all just want to team up with each other and whatever else. Like, never mind the whole, you know, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett thing that they like kind of planned that and decided to play together. And so the players took the power in their hands and whatever else. Well, there's a flip side to that too. And if there is something of which he can have major impact in terms of players following him, there's not a player in the league that doesn't see that and read that yesterday and you just never know right i mean it it makes me for instance feel like i should be doing more i can't build a school but it makes me feel like i should be doing more i can't imagine what level of impact it could have on other professional athletes that certainly have the means to do a lot
1: i think jamel hill said it best it's remarkable that lebron james is a better person than basketball player It's amazing what he's done with the platform that he has. And, uh, you know, I talked to some players over All-Star Weekend for an article about LeBron, and I basically asked an open-ended question, what's LeBron's greatest influence? And sometimes players would ask back, like, do you mean, like, on the court or off the court? And other times, guys would go straight to off the court. Jamal Murray mentioned how much his voice has set a tone for other players. Jalen Brown, his influence um, from where he came from and what he does now. It's kind of a template for what he aspires to do. I I think LeBron, like you said, Chris, not just for players, but for people too. There's always something that you can do to help others in need. And for LeBron to build a school is is really just, it's a beautiful, beautiful, inspiring thing.
0: And you wonder, I mean, you just, there's no telling how many different at-risk youth This can save, you know, because when you read the press release, these are these are kids that are certainly in jeopardy being caught up by the streets. He even talked about, you know, he gave every kid there a bike because of the importance of his bike, which was to get away. That if he wanted to get away and he wanted to get away from trouble, he had that bike and that bike meant so much to him. And I mean, I got chills reading the thing, you know what I mean? That yeah. every kid that's going to be going to the school is going to get a bike. And so many of these kids, whether it is education or it is athletics or it is whatever else, they are, they are given this opportunity to stay busy, you know what I mean? that was one of the things that i took away from reading it which is you know you have to have things to do you can't just go home because then the streets can raise you sometimes especially if mom or dad's having to work long hours and whatever else and i just i don't know it's it's special man he uh that was incredible reading that yesterday it's a good thing. I mean,
1: you know, this is something that we didn't really talk about on the podcast during the season, but it's always bothered me when people are like, stick to sports, whether it's like saying that to a, a writer. You know, I've seen that in people's mentions, other writers out there. People say it to athletes when, when they speak out about issues, whether it's on whatever side it may be on. People are like, stick to sports. And well, LeBron James did, it's a good thing for all the people In that area, all the kids are going to be benefiting from attending that school that he's not sticking to sports, that he is stepping up and using his platform to do good in the world because sports, the blessings that come from becoming a wealthy athlete, it's good to see somebody using them to
0: spread good and not just keep it all for themselves. Here's some of the things that have happened basketball wise since we last spoke. Uh, stuff we, happening basketball wise? Yeah. Well, we. You know what? There was actually <laughs> yes, there a is. major thing. It's There's true. one major thing that happened since we last spoke, which was we talked about last week that you know Houston maybe if they can't get a deal done, you don't want that. You don't want Capella playing on a one year qualifying offer and then going into being an unrestricted free agent. And they kept that from happening. And so Capella's extension uh, was done. When you saw the number, was it ended up five ninety? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, five years, ninety-four. Clint Capella, what say you? Good for Houston.
1: Um, they were able to get him signed long term. You know, one of the better young centers in the game of basketball, and good for Capella to also um, get long term security as well. Granted, you know, it's probably not the the twenty million annually that he was hoping to get. It's a pretty good deal. It, it's a good deal for a center who, I don't want this to come off as a knock, but he is in the perfect situation. Right? He is in the perfect environment for him to flourish the highest levels that he can. As a rim running center with four shooters on the floor around him um, that shoots threes at an extremely outlier rate compared to the rest of the league. It is a perfect situation for him on the offensive and of the floor, and same with the way they defend on, on the other end. Whereas in other situations, he may not be be perceived as the same player that he is in Houston. So for him, he's got long-term security, $90 million. Um, And for Houston, also, if they decide down the line that they want to make a change, it's a very tradable number as well. It's
0: great for both sides. Imagine if two years ago I would have told you that Clint Capella is going to make $90 million and Nerlens Noel is going to be playing for the minimum.
1: The Nerlens Noel part would have been shocking. The Capella part, maybe a little bit less so. Really? Yeah, I I think so. i really... Like Capella. <laughs> I really yeah, like him. Yeah, but I mean, did you
0: two years ago? Yeah, I liked him. You've been a big Capella fan forever. I liked him four years ago. <laughs> no, I um, know you love you love guys that can't yeah, dribble or, or shit. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm not just kidding. <laughs> 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 I mean, let's yeah. get serious. It,
1: it, okay, here's like with Capella pre-draft, right? Uh, the player he's turned into with Houston is I mean, remarkable like you know he was a he was a total turnover liability playing overseas and, and I think he's gotten so much better at passing like on the, the little short roll um, like the, the quote-unquote Draymond pass it, he's not Draymond as a passer but that that short roll pass where he kicks it up to the corner that wasn't something that he could do before he got to the NBA four years ago uh, like he was bad playing at the Nike Hoop Summit against high school players he looked really bad so he for how how far he's come in four years is a remarkable achievement for him the work that he's put in but also houston's player development system turning him into the the really high level center that he is on both ends of the floor
0: and the other thing that you got to love about capella and in, in all seriousness is he has improved every single yep. year right he went from you know if you just look at uh, field goal percentage 48 58, 64, 65. Absolutely. And then obviously that has turned into production. The, you know, It's crazy when you look at, if you just look at the first four years of his career, it is just a steady uptick year after year. You wonder what the ceiling is. I mean, last year he averaged 14 points, 11 rebounds and two blocks a game. And so you wonder, like, I don't, I don't know what the ceilings, and he only played 27 and a half minutes, by the way. Right. A lot of big time names in the league are playing thirty-five minutes, thirty eight minutes a night.
1: And that's a big part of it. You know, I remember in the twenty sixteen-seventeen season, Dantoni, you know, had a passing comment. Where he pretty much just said, you know, you gotta, you gotta be in better condition. You gotta play more minutes, right? Like, I gotta get him up to 30 minutes per game. And, and he said something similar last season as well. And I'm sure maybe that's part of it, where maybe they, they want him to start playing more minutes and they want him to get into that 30 minute per game range. Cause you look at his body pre draft um, and then what it is now, he was quite raw physically. That's another part of it as well. Maybe for him, it's like growing into his new body, essentially, because uh, he's still so young. He's, you know, he's only 24 years old and he was very, very raw coming in. Like Obviously, you can look at the numbers and see he only played 12 games as a rookie, but game wise, physically, he was very
0: raw. And so he's still young in terms of his development. Yeah. And there were a couple of games that we saw glimpses of. He didn't have a big series in the Golden State series at all. But he had some pretty good rebounding. Yeah, he, he numbers. he had some
1: good. He had some good moments.
0: Yeah, but he had three of the games. He's eight points or under. Yeah, I but mean, he's
1: not the guy scoring points though. There, there were some. T- there, you know, there. Sometimes he's the guy. like the the fourth option out there. His main responsibilities are defend at an elite level, you know, and rebound to end possessions, and then set strong screens. Well, make, make the right passes and roll to the rim to like you know force the defense to collapse points are like when they're there and when they're available
0: well he, and and this is the the problem that golden state poses for so many you look at the block numbers in that particular series and 2 is the highest he had and that's because they have a guy that pulls you all the way away from the basket whereas in that utah series where he's able to i mean he was he was switching on to Donovan Mitchell, and he was switching on to Ingles, and they, and they, couldn't, they couldn't score on the guy. I mean, he is an elite-level pick-and-roll defender. And the other thing is, he could be down by the paint and just be swatting stuff away. And that's where he was a little bit neutralized, especially because, I mean, he, he won them some games, certainly in that Utah series where he was just a dominant defensive force. He was not that dominant defensive force. At all in, in the Golden State series. It's hard to be
1: against that team with well, the shooting and spacing that they have, but um, they're the one exception in today's league, and we'll see how their team evolves moving forward. But that Utah series against a, another impressive center, in Rudy Gobert, it helps to have a center in today's league, I guess, right?
0: You hope that Carmelo doesn't
1: take away from him. I mean, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, I, 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 I'm. I i am don't think it'll take away from Capella at all. Honestly, I don't think there's any overlap. Capella is a plus defender. Rim runner doesn't need to touch the ball much. And then Carmelo is a, you know, ball dominant <laughs> guy who doesn't play a lick of defense at all. Uh, they're, all they're, they're always kind of polar opposites. But I think I think to your point, but the Chris, same
0: way it affected Stephen yeah, Adams. Yeah, yeah. What you
1: mean is that, like,
0: you don't get the ball. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> that's, honestly, that's I, mean. I mean, like
1: for me, C- Capella could never score another point and he could still have a positive impact
0: though. I'm aware, but he can really have a positive impact. But that's what
1: makes him so nice as a player. Like he, he doesn't need to score to make a positive impact. Yeah, on the game. I get it.
0: But I mean, his shots like 65% of the time they go in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, well, I want more of that and less of the, I want more of that and less of the 40%. That's all I'm saying. Or 37%. So you, so
1: you don't think that they should sign Mallow?
0: I would not. I would. I would not. I'd be all over it. No, absolutely not. I think it's the wrong way to try to, I mean, if Golden State's who you're trying to beat, that is a, we think we can outgun you. And I don't believe that that's the right tact. Yeah, but how? Wait till we fast forward to the playoffs and you're going to be coming on these shows telling me they should bench bellow yeah, for what James are their, Ennis. What
1: other better options? What, are the, what other option is there for them to get a guy that can go off for of 30 points?
0: I mean, 30 a little strong, Kev. How many Kev, times okay. did Carmelo Anthony score 30 points last year? Zero.
1: How about 20? <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 yeah, he, <laughs> i just here, here's the thing man no it's listen, the, listen it's... when i say 30 points <laughs> i mean i mean yeah he can go off 30 points he's oh, playing theoretically. <laughs> yeah the it's theoretical 30 like, it's like, it's like la- <laughs> <laughs> it's like last year He played alongside Russell Westbrook and Paul George The chances weren't there for him to go off for 30, right? This, this year he could be, you know Going alongside James Harden and Chris Paul The chances won't be there But he can
0: <laughs> Here's what I'm saying He said he might go he, for off of 22 or 23 He adds variance to your, your upside, man Alright, that's fine Except for the fact that It's a better shot if Chris Paul takes it Or James Harden takes it Or Clint Capella takes it That's all I'm saying I don't think those shots are just yeah, just Capella, replacing whatever Trevor Ariza yeah, shot. Capella can't create his own shot, man. I'm with <laughs> you, but they got Eric Gordon too. I mean, listen—they got a bunch of guys that could put the ball in the bucket. You need somebody that can play some defense on the wing. You're going to pair him next to Harden. Good luck. I mean, Clint Capella would be the busiest guy in the world. Yeah, well, of course,
1: there's a downside to Mello. He—he <laughs> he was not good last year for Oklahoma. Said he was quite bad, actually. There's downside to Carmelo Anthony, of course, but there's also upside, too. And I feel like sometimes that's being, been overlooked when it comes to discussing Houston potentially making a move along for so him. That's so well.
0: You always see the upside. You always see the Carmelo yeah, Anthony because, that's going to score 30, even though he hasn't no, in, like, three years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of course, because you have to see that, because that Carmelo can still do that. Like, that Carmelo can't just be ignored. He, do,
0: he can do it. He just doesn't.
1: Yeah, because of the situation. Uh, the point of the comment was that he can go off for you. He can have big scoring games. Mm. The point is, is that he adds a third guy who can create his own shot. If Chris Paul gets hurt in game six again, now James Harden has a guy who can at least step up to the plate in that second role alongside him. He's a third option. He's not your number one guy. You're not getting him for that. You're not getting him as your number two. You're getting him as your number three option.
0: Uh, I just, listen, I used to be a big Carmelo guy. I was a big defender. I and was never I a big
1: Carmelo guy,
0: <laughs> and yet I'm the one defending him here. Then I started to realize that Carmelo Anthony begets Rudy Gay, which begets Jeff Green, which begets Andrew Wiggins. They're all the same. They're all the same guys. They don't help you win. I'm sorry. They don't. They're net negative. <laughs> Coming from
1: Chris Vernon, and Mr. It's not all about winning titles. Carmelo Anthony can help you win to get to the
0: playoffs. To get to the playoff Playoffs? This is a team that just won 67 friggin' games. <sighs> 60, what are they, 65? Okay, when you're
1: 67? saying that he can't help you win, you mean winning titles. He's not a championship player. Correct.
0: Okay. I do not think he makes you better. I think he can make Houston better. I would rather have Trevor Reza and, you know, who I, yeah, the Trevor I get Trevor The money's not there. The yeah, money's not there. Yeah. But I'd rather have Mbamute and Trevor Reza, or I'd just rather have a role player. I don't need a bunch of stars. I got I got stars, stars and role players. You go look throughout history, Kevin. You always stars. There's got to be a mix of stars and role he's players. He's not a and star anymore. He still conducts himself like one. That's the problem. <laughs> no, that's the problem. It is Derek Fisher and Robert Horry playing alongside Shaq and Kobe. You always have role players and stars. That's how you properly put together a great team. Somebody's got to play a role within that, and it's not easy. And so if if you're going to tell me the theoretical Carmelo is going to turn into a role player, then by all means, that'd be awesome. But I'll believe it when I see it. All I know is if... You You think he made Oklahoma City better?
1: No, he didn't. Okay. And he didn't make some of those mixed teams better either. But the point is is that it doesn't mean that in Houston, he can't necessarily play an important role as the third option. I don't see how that's unreasonable.
0: All right, you think they win more games than they
1: did last year? I don't know. Probably not. Last year was an amazing season for them. Probably not. But they're getting Carmelo Anthony. You're the one saying. And they're probably worse than last year, too, because they lost Trevor Ariza and Luke Baimute. So you'd rather have them than Carmelo? Yeah. No shit. Oh, Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) No kidding. But I'd, I'd rather have them and have Carmelo Anthony. It's just that it's not realistic. It's impossible because those guys signed elsewhere. Yeah. I think I yeah. think we're well, on you can the same a, page with Houston that they're gonna be worse You'll be this bitching season. about
0: Carl everybody
1: remembers yeah. this. Yeah, you know, everybody what? remember yeah. this. What, what bitch July might be, thirty first. Yeah, but I'm acknowledging those flaws, Chris. All I'm saying is that there is an upside to having him. And what other options are there rather than Carmelo Anthony? Where are the guys that can go off for twenty five for you, thirty for you? Where are the guys that can fill that second role all in the in, the, in, the, in the case of emergency? I don't need someone that
0: can go for 25. Yes, That's you do. That's what I'm telling you. No, I need somebody that can defend somebody. That's what I need. Where? I who? don't need somebody who? that can go for 25. That's what I need. Who? I need somebody that can guard. Who? Why well, to Go back and look at all the yes, f- available free agents. Or, let's look. Who I, or who I could trade for.
1: There was a great article <laughs> on TheRinger.com by Haley O'Shaughnessy and Paolo Ugetti about the leftovers. The best NBA free agents still on the market. Rodney Hood. Dwayne Wade, hey, Jamal no. Crawford, Greg Monroe, Trevor Booker, David West. Who? Who? Who's of better those, than Carmelo Anthony?
0: You're acting like free agency is only now with the also Ravens. <laughs> the guys that are the guys that are left over, right? Like that this was the only chance that you had, or that you can't trade for somebody. I'm saying that there's a million ways to put together oh, your team. M- maybe
1: they will try to trade for somebody. Maybe they'll try to dump that yeah, Ryan you that the contract. You with
0: get- the who, who, you're Kevin O'Owl. <laughs> that's who you are. Kevin O'Owl. <laughs> that little thing on the side of a Tootsie Pop. Kevin O'Owl. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who. <laughs> that's, who you, that's who you are. That's who you are. I'm trying, I'm, trying to, I, I, I'm trying to look up and down here. Now that you're now that you're making me pull up all the free agents, tell you who can guard somebody. Yeah, um, off the, it's the bottom of the barrel. Woo, tell,
1: woo. <laughs> t- tell me who is better <laughs> than Carmelo Anthony?
0: Better? Well, again, I guess it's he's it's your not best. Always, he's your best
1: option if you're the Houston Rockets.
0: I'm just telling you, it's not always about better. Listen, there is nobody it's in the world not always that about would better. Not, what does that mean? Okay, here's what it means. If I would have made a poll, right? If I would have made a poll, who is better, Rudy Gay or Tayshaun Prince? It would be 100% people telling me it's Rudy Gay. 100%. Okay? That's what they would have said. Well, I mean, it was an older Tayshaun, right? But they made that move. Wait, which, which year, Tayshaun, are we talking here? We're talking about oh, the year that the Grizzlies made yeah, the Western Conference yeah, Finals. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. He got traded and ended up here in Memphis, mm-hmm. and the Grizzlies made the West Finals with him, and it is because they made that trade. You took Rudy's inefficient shots, and you gave those to Zach Randolph, Mike Conley, and Marcus Gasol, right? This is how this works. It's not that you're replacing him with a guy that's going to take the same amount of shots. You are replacing him with somebody that is going to take less shots more efficiently, but also play that role and keep the ball moving to the guys that you want to take more shots, and so... I don't care what you say about people wouldn't have said that Rudy Gay's bet. Everybody would have said it at the time. Everybody. They got murdered for that trade. And it enabled them to make the Western Conference Finals because it's a better fit. You want guys on the team that are not taking shots. That are not taking 15 shots. You'd rather those go to more efficient players. All right. That's what I'm saying.
1: My takeaway from everything you just said is this. They got blasted for making that move. They got criticized for making that move, but they did it anyway because they felt that it was a beneficial move for them to replace an inefficient scoring player with a guy who, you know, it's a really good defender, takes smart shots, good teammate, blah, 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 etc. With Houston, it's pretty much the same thing. There are people out there who is, you know, saying their win projection lowers if they add Carmelo Anthony. There's a lot of criticism. Like, why would they add Carmelo Anthony? He's a third star. They already have two stars. They got to do it anyway.
0: All right, Kev, we'll get right back to it. First, we want to tell everybody about Burrow. You owe it to yourself to experience the comfort and the quality of a Burrow couch. Once you experience Burrow, your relationship with your couch will never be the same. Burrow brings style and comfort to a whole new level and ships to your door fast and free. Burrow sofas are ergonomically designed and so comfortable. Customize your Burrow sofa to match your style by selecting color, size, armrest height, and leg color. It even comes with a built-in USB charger. Enjoy 30 days of cozy on your comfortable burrow, risk-free, or try out burrow at one of their partner showrooms today. I have heard that there are a bunch of new burrow couches in the ringer offices, Kev. It's true. Yesterday, was my first time sitting on one and actually laying on one. Isaac Lee
1: told me about this new room, the green room at the ringer. I was like, where's that? And he's like, it's you know, in the hallway on the way of the podcast studio. So I went there, and I just lay down on the couch while Isaac and I were chatting about today's podcast, and it was very very comfortable i could have taken a nap there chris it was great
0: well i tell you this i love the idea of it having a usb charger on it because then you can just plug your phone in right way there instead of having an extension cord coming out of the wall like everybody's got that going on right (laughs) customize your own burrow and get $75 off your order by going to burrow.com slash N-B-A. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash N-B-A for $75 off your purchase. Burrow makes the luxury couch for real life. Also want to remind you about Simply Safe. Here's why I'm a big fan of the Simply Safe home security system. Simply Safe is ready for anything that gets thrown at it. If a storm takes your power out, Simply Safe is ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Say they destroy your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will get you the help you need. Here's what I love about this. Maybe it's overkill, maybe you don't need to be ready for every worst-case scenario, but Simply Safe is always ready, just in case. That's what makes it great. Now Simply Safe could cost you an arm and a leg. It should, but it doesn't, and that's because they're good people. They charge you what's fair, what's right. $14.99 a month, no contract, no hidden fees. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. You've got to check it out. Go to simplysafe.com/nba. That's simplysafe.com/nba. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one. And this is why me and Daryl Morey are smart. When you were doing the hoo who over the last 10 hours, do you know what has emerged report wise? Uh, No, that they want to trade for Kent Bazemore. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. I would think that that is brilliant.
1: They can't get Bazemore and sign Carmelo Anthony.
0: I don't want him. I want to play Bazemore on the wing. God, I guess that would let them get off that Anderson contract. Right? Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. If you could move off the Anderson contract and you end up with Kent Bazemore, you'd do that in a minute. Kent Bazemore's overpaid, but he is a great, he would be a perfect role player. Yeah, how about a Solomon Hill from the Pelicans, maybe? Solomon Hill's a li- boy, he cashed in at the right time. I really liked him in that, ser- that Pacer series too, right before he was about to cash in, and he has not lived up to that. He did the Austin Crozier thing. I know you were a fetus when Austin Crozier played, but. <laughs> Austin Crozier had a big playoffs and then ended up getting a massive contract out of it, of which was looked goofy for I was, I was years a, to come. I was a fetus. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how bad? This is a, a, a very serious question, Kevin. Do you, after last week's scoffing when I brought up that maybe there could be an argument between who the best player in the Eastern Conference is, between Giannis and and Kawhi no after seeing the picture of Giannis Antetokounmpo do you want to apologize on this show to Giannis because he looks like I mean he looks like a superhero he is a superhero but he's still not better than Kawhi Leonard I'm saying that picture all right which is more shocking the Mike Bibby picture or the Giannis picture
1: um, the Mike Bibby picture for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, 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 the 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 eyes was pretty, you know, built already. The picture, the face, the, the facial expression was just outrageous. Like that, that's what completed it for me, even more so than the muscles. Just his face in that photo. That is a, that is the meanest mean mug I've ever seen. He looks enormous. He doesn't need to that be, He doesn't need to be that big. He doesn't need to be. Really? No, he doesn't need to be
0: that big. What are you, some kind of fitness trainer? He was perfectly fine last year. No, you you said he was done as a playmaker or whatever you said about him. No, I didn't
1: say he was done as a playmaker. He topped out or something. I don't know if if I said that. What I meant to say is that he plateaued. Like he made progress early in his career, and he's kind of plateaued as a playmaker. Um, I hope that there's more progress to come. He's already good. I hope he can reach great. As a shooter, he's below average. I hope he can become average. That's all. What is the problem with wanting great players who have already achieved great things from continuing to achieve more great things, which they are totally capable of and that they aspire to
0: do? I don't see the problem with that. I don't have any problem with that, Kevin. But I will tell you this. Well, you kind of did last week. No. I just said that Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, listen, he was... Brad Stevens is there after one of his press conferences. He's like, you know, there's there's no stopping him. So we can we can nitpick all we want, but he was like, you know, we did everything we could to stop the guy, and this guy still killed us. Of course,
1: there's no stopping right? him. There There's a little bit of containing him. There's no stopping him, though. Uh, he's at least like a, a below-average shooter who's a little bit of a threat. Uh, all I mean is like the potential for him is best player in the league. The potential for him is one of the greatest players ever like that upside is there with him and it's not outrageous to say that well for him to get there the
0: shot needs to get better i saw that picture within the last week and i thought i need to get down on these mvp odds (laughs) (laughs) because this dude i mean i know you say he doesn't need the muscle but good grief i can't imagine i mean the guy already gets to the stupid basket three dribbles from half court Now what? If he's just going to power through everybody? For people listening
1: to this, I have a question. And can you please tweet me and or Chris or like use hashtag ringer NBA or something? Who are the best super muscular shooters in league history? Like who are the really ripped bulk dudes like Giannis that were really good shooters? I want to know those players. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Please. Please type in hashtag rip shooters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Producer Isaac, Isaac Lee just slacked me saying Ray Allen. I don't mean a player like Ray Allen. Ray Allen was lean muscle. I mean ripped like Giannis. Who are the best super muscular shooters in NBA oh, history? Man. I just want to know who those players are.
0: Please. Hashtag rip shooters.
1: I have a reason for asking, which I guess I'll mention. I think there's a point. Assistant coach has said this to me before. He thinks that there's a point where you can be like too muscular, where it can like negatively affect your shot because of like shoulder tension in your upper body. Like mm-hmm. like he thinks there's a point where you can be too big, and it can hurt your shot.
0: Hmm.
1: And so with Giannis, I, you know, when I see those rip muscles, I'm like, he doesn't need to be that big.
0: Well, he also doesn't have to be a shooter. He just has to be an well, adequate I mean, shooter. Would, I mean,
1: wouldn't it be nice? If, I
0: mean, Ben Simmons doesn't need to be a. Well, I don't um, know. I guess if he was a shooter, he'd average friggin' forty-five points a game.
1: Yeah, that's what he I mean. He averages it's damn like,
0: near thirty, and he doesn't shoot.
1: I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's <laughs> there's more. You know, Giannis can be the best. He can like he can be the best in the league. But for him to definitely be the best, or to clearly be the best, or to be like no doubt the best, the shot needs to be there. And maybe it'll always be a weakness, and we'll always be having the argument. But there's another level to his game. There's another level. And it is
0: a discussion for another day, but it's not logical that some guys hold on to as much muscle as they do throughout the season. I mean, you're running like six or seven miles a night. You ever seen what a runner looks like? And I get it. They're going in and they're lifting weights and they're getting their weights in whatever. But I mean, there's a lot of guys that hold on to a lot of weight muscle weight it is not easy to hold on to muscle when you are running the amount that they run and how they do it truly defies most science but that's a discussion for another day
1: for what it's worth one, one thing the type of player i'm talking about is not like
0: an andre iguodala physically it's like totally ripped. he's actually gotten a little bit smaller he has when, yeah when yep. he was in philadelphia like that last year he was in philly he was an absolute <laughs> monster I know. I mean, I, I was like, what in yeah. the world? He looked like uh, there was a photo that came out a couple of weeks ago, of the wide receiver from the Browns, Josh Gordon. And I was like, oh, my God, is Josh Gordon doing OK? Yeah, yeah. He's all, I mean, okay. he's not he's not doing the training camp thing, oh, but not. Why not? Is he? Well, he's still getting help, oh, but he geez. says there's no problems with it. And I this is just my opinion. He wanted to avoid hard knocks and for good reason. Oh, no kidding. So, just what can I do to get away from it? Yeah, maybe it, w- maybe it was like a The last thing team he thing. probably needs is his whole story being broadcasted on HBO or wherever yeah, Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's part of it, or is like a teen agent it, player thing? I hope that's
0: what it is, too. Um,
1: yeah. I, I don't know a single detail about it besides what you're saying right now, but um, I do know the Browns are on hard knocks, which is always great. Oh, for sure. I wish we had like a NBA, one. NBA version of that. Wouldn't that uh, be great? would not you
0: walk over to Bill's office and tell him he did the behind yeah, the scenes well, at the. Yeah. Uh, if there's somebody that could pull it off, Simmons could pull it off.
1: Yeah. But which team you know would you know want mean? to see on like NBA Hard Knocks? So like it'd be similar to NFL, right? Like You can't pick a playoff team. It would have to be...
0: I'm telling you, I would pay $100 to watch one on the Lakers. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And get the, get the real interviews no with kidding. Luke Walton. Oh, my goodness. When you go back home at night and Luke Walton's drinking six bottles of wine. How, how about this? It
1: can't be the Lakers. So let's just say for whatever reason, it can't be the Lakers. Which team would you want? Uh, of like the 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 non-playoff teams from last season.
0: Okay, so you were doing it like a Browns thing. Yeah, yeah. Like it okay. can't be a playoff
1: team, and for, it's just like the Lakers are exempt for whatever reason.
0: It cannot be a playoff team, and it can't be the Lakers. I got mine. I tell you this, just because I know I covered him, Fisdale would be crazy entertaining. Mm-hmm. He would be a Rex Ryan esque. Like, I mean, he, he would be ridiculously <laughs> entertaining. Trust me, especially if he knew cameras and a mic was on him. For sure. I think I... W- this is going to sound crazy. I'd kind of like a Dallas one. That's the one I wanted. Dallas really? was my team. Yep. Dallas would be Because of great. the whole Dirk Luka thing. Yep, Dirk. you Dirk, got a great storyline yep, there, Dirk, you know? towards
1: the end of his career. Luka Doncic coming in. Rick yes. Carlisle, an interesting coach. Some interesting players in that team. DeAndre Jordan, right? Uh, joining yep. on this year. Young player, Dennis Smith. There's a lot of interesting characters. And then you have Mark
0: Cuban. Oh yeah, right. You would have, and you know he would be a star of it for sure. It'd be fun. How about that? We landed on, on the that, same yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, that whole Luca Dirk thing would be yeah, great. That'd be fantastic because you know Dirk's going to take him under his wing in the future. All right, yeah. couple other quick hits. It was announced that Jerry Colangelo is going to be gone for the 76ers. So, you, know, you know, they've installed him, and then uh, Hinky ends up resigning, so he leaves, and then uh, Colangelo and the Sun are running things, and then the Sun gets burner counts allegedly or his wife, or whatever, and so now he's gone, and that was a kind of a weird deal. After that whole Colangelo thing went down with the kid, they still haven't replaced him with anybody, and now the word comes out that the older one is going to be moving on, and so this is just a strange situation, is it not, where wouldn't you think, I mean, I know that there was the story that came out about them trying to lure Daryl Morey. That is the only real like national report that I can recall. Have there been others in terms of them attempting to fill front office roles? And and then yesterday, obviously the story comes out that Jerry's gonna move on.
1: I just searched on Google for 76ers general manager, and apparently Sixers.com posted a like an update. State of the Sixers admits diligent search, team seeks GM with right criteria. Um mm-hmm. so the team website actually put something out there. This morning, just saying they're looking for a general manager with the right criteria. It is certainly a slow process, but, you know, what's the rush, I guess? As long as you get this wrapped up by (laughs) end of August would be nice. Like, by the end of this next month, look, man, it's still July. If anything, I respect them taking their time and doing their due diligence, looking for guys like Daryl Morey um, and
0: whatever other corners they might be looking at around. Well, you remember, I mean, there was that story that Mike Zarin— he was described the top candidate, right? By well, the ringer.com. He was. um, Yeah. And he reportedly turned down that job.
1: Well, yeah, he, he, he I think he was a top candidate on the Sixers side. I don't know if Zarin yep. necessarily was strongly considering Philadelphia. I mean, we'll see. Well, and the then you've got the, and, and then, and then
0: there was the whole David Griffin thing. Yeah. Who is
1: obviously Griffin, still, too. Yep, still doing TV. He kills it on TV. Dave Griffin's, he's really good on TV. He has been really good on TV. He's good. It's always funny when you see, like, you know, these guys who are in the league, whether it's coaches or executives in the NFL or NBA, no no matter what sport it is. And, like, some go to TV and they're fantastic immediately. (laughs) And then there are others, it takes them a while. And David Griffin's one of those guys who is
0: pretty good right away. Last thing, Kev, you guys did since we last spoke a way too early 2018 NBA redraft. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And (laughs) there it was with Jonathan Charks making Jaron Jackson Jr. the number one pick in the NBA draft. We have to redo it. Now, listen, we do need to at least explain to everybody that was not listening to draft class, which I have no idea why you wouldn't. Charks was banging the drum for Jaron Jackson the whole time. That was his guy. And so then when Jackson performs pretty well in summer league, you fast forward, I, I was, I know a lot of people were like, wow, Charks, you know, came in hot. But I mean, Charks has always loved Jaron Jackson um, and was his favorite player on the draft. And so now after he played rather well in the, uh, in the summer league and, and showed himself that the uh, Charks made him number one on the other hand, what about you? I would have taken Luka Doncic number one. The unknown is still the most intriguing. I don't know if it's really unknown at all, honestly. He's the one we haven't seen yet.
1: I mean, we've seen him plenty overseas. He's played like 80 games in the last calendar year or something like that. Mm-hmm. The shocker to me wasn't as much Jaron Jackson, number one, as as Sharks taking Shea Gildas Alexander with the third pick <laughs> when that happened. I was like, oh boy, this one, this is gonna be a wild ride. <laughs> Gildas Alexander was uh really good in uh summer league, but um number three shocked me. But you know what, man? It could pan out. He's in a good situation with the Clippers. I just
0: wouldn't have taken him that that high. Why have you already bailed on DeAndre Ayton? I haven't bailed on DeAndre Ayton. Yes, I would have, have
1: taken him number two, just like I would have fired at the draft. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it feels like you might have bailed on DeAndre Ayton, Kevin. He, mm. I know you say nothing has changed regarding Ayton, yeah, but that, it did. that's
1: literally the quote. Nothing has changed
0: regarding Ayton. I know, but it did. But it did kind what, what did? What changed? Did you watch him in Summer League? Yeah. Nothing has changed. Literally nothing. He's Oh, okay. I think he had one assist in like twenty turnovers.
1: Honestly, I don't I don't think there's I honestly don't think there's a lot that did change after summer league. I mean, yeah, you have a guy like Mitchell Robinson skyrocketing up, right? You know, Kevin Knox looked, you know, a little bit better. But for the most part, I don't know. It's pretty much
0: as expected with a lot of these guys. Well, to, I wasn't totally real. <laughs> when I pulled that up, I thought that you were gonna have Marvin Bagley out of the first round. So I appreciate no, you would, leaving him in would, the see,
1: see that's the thing. That would be nuts. That that would be like a total <laughs> overreaction to, to drop a player like that. Uh you know what has changed is Michael Porter is having a second back surgery. That's something that changes. Oh, that's uh, for stuff, sure. And, and like you know that. what?
0: You guys did not drop Trey Young very much. Still have him as a top ten guy. Nor should we. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I took him there at number ten
1: because he hasn't dropped much. I thought he had an up and down summer league. He started off horribly and he ended it on a good note.
0: All right. So your opinions did not change drastically not based really. upon summer league, no. outside of the fact that Porter could not be there. Um, you know, I'm I'm pulling up my rankings now. I you know that Gilgis Alexander thing is wild. And and by the way, the one that it was not in here. I mean, you guys obviously did a lot of reordering of the top ones, but I mean. I was kind of surprised that Knox didn't really move up. He was the one that I was. I mean, he look, the the thing with this
1: board is it's tough because we're redrafting based on, I think, our own rankings, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Not necessarily for the team. So for some of these guys, like I had Wendell Carter ranked fifth. He didn't change much. Michael Porter, I had ranked eighth. I passed on him like three times after that, and so did Chark. So he's somebody that fell because of the second back surgery. But for the most part, you know, looking at my pre-draft rankings, there's not, not too much I'd change. I'd probably bump up Mikael Bridges a little bit.
0: Because we sat behind his parents during the game? No, I'd move, I'd
1: move down Robert like Williams them. a little
0: bit. I think it was his sister was his and sister, his parents. Yeah. His sister and his parents, Yep. Yeah. They seem like the nicest people I, I'd, move,
1: I'd move up Anthony Simons a little bit. Oh, yeah. He was really, really impressive. I'd move up Mitchell Robinson, of course. Him and do Diallo. I'd move up Mo Wagner.
0: <laughs> uh, Shout out to Mo Wagner.
1: And, yeah, uh, I think there's some guys, especially in the you know, late first, second round, that I'd move up Jared Vanderbilt, even though he didn't play. But uh, he's someone I would, just based off newer intel and the team he was drafted to. Right. But
0: um, no,
1: I'm, I'm pretty happy with the rankings of post-Summer League, to be honest with you.
0: hey, uh, well, <laughs> I'm maybe. honestly quite happy. Maybe by the next time we speak that uh, those Houston Rockets will have acquired Kent Bazemore, which, by the way, not only do I love it as a fit, I would also love them from their angle acquiring Bazemore because those are all his old buddies on that Warrior team. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the one you're gunning for? It's a little little extra. He certainly, uh, those guys are all still really good friends. Hell, Steph got him the Under Armour deal, I think. I wonder at how least got teammates. a free shoes.
1: Ken Baysmore, mm-hmm. his teammates from that team, Curry, Clay, Iguodala, Draymond. All mm-hmm. oh, those are the only guys that's left from nope. that 2013 14 Warriors team. Wow. Well,
0: Man. Th- it just so happens they're the ones that play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: they're the most important ones.
0: <laughs> Kevin, have an unbelievable week, and I will catch up with you next week. You too, Chris. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to another Ringer NBA show. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes, and we will talk to you next week.